are the contemplation of causes, where things come from. This is called Dhammanyutta, contemplation of effects, results, where things are headed. This is called Atanyutta, A-T-T-H, Atanyutta. So these are the first two in the list of seven qualities of a sapurisa, a well-rounded person. A good person, a true person. The third of the qualities in this list is Atanyuta, A-T-T-A, Atta, knowing your own character, knowing your own personality. When we engage in a retreat time like this, then we have the same routine, but we will have different conditioning, different personalities. The practice, the way of working with the mind, has different effects. There's different conditioning in the system. So Atanyuta is knowing what is useful for you, what you need, what the response of this being, this collection of conditions and habits and formations is in relationship to its environment. Everyone is different. It's not a matter of one instruction fits all, one particular method or mode of practice fits everyone. can't be that way. So part of the contemplative process, the development of, of wisdom, the inclination towards peacefulness, liberation, is getting to know the conditioning of this being, what's needed in each moment. Some person might be extremely relaxed and calm. Somebody else might be very tense and agitated. Notice that. What's the disposition, the pattern of feeling in this being? If there's a lot of agitation, busyness, Anxiety. Notice that. Appreciating that. And work with that accordingly. Bring attention to the stressing, tensing of the body. If there's a lot of agitation, then wisdom encourages a Inclination towards relaxing, easing. Noticing the tensions in the body, in your face, your shoulders, your chest, your stomach, your joints. Relax the system. Lean in that direction. That's what the system needs to arrive at a quality of balance not guided by an I should be this way, I shouldn't be that way, but 
by attuning the attention to the present condition. What's noticed is a lot of stressing, agitation, tension. Knowing that, feeling that, then the inclination that's most skillful is towards relaxing, easing, softening the muscles, letting the body settle. If the mind is complaining, criticizing, you notice you're surrounded by a world of wrong. This is wrong and that's wrong. He's wrong, she's wrong, this is wrong. Shouldn't be this way, should be that way. You see the mind complaining, criticizing, feeling that, knowing that. Appreciate. It's a lot of negativity, a lot of reactive aversion. So, appreciating that, and the heart inclines towards acceptance, loving kindness. Openness to the way things are, rather than always finding fault. Again, not coming from a place where I should be this way, I shouldn't be that way. Not creating self-view and the habits of eye-making and mind-making around that, but simply based upon awareness of that critical, negative, complaining habit, Feeling that, knowing that. Let that inspire a quality of acceptance, openness, receptivity. Here it is. In this moment, it's exactly this way. Life is precisely like this. If they are comfortable and at ease, everything is very quiet, calm, passive. Again, noticing that, feeling that. Appreciating that quality of calmness, softness, ease. How wakeful is that? Is there then a recognition of, well, this is very comfortable, very easy, but I'm kind of switched off as a, a disconnect, a numbness. So there's peacefulness, but being aware of that peacefulness, that quietness, that passive quality, then the heart inclines towards waking up, brightening, clarifying, not just drifting into comfortable, dull states. But letting that peacefulness be alive, alert, attentive. If the mind is spacing out, getting drawn into abstracted mental realms, getting lost in memory and different energetic qualities, 
spacing out. Notice that, feel that. Acknowledging a lack of groundedness. The mind getting lost up in the spacious, airy elements. Knowing that, feeling that. Attuning the heart to that, then there's an inclination towards grounding. Paying attention to the the rupakanda, physical form. The four elements, earth, water, fire, wind. This body, material form of the earth. The stones of the, the temple floor. The oak of the pillars. The wind on your skin. The weight of the body on the ground. Consciously attending to Rupakanda. Whatever the disposition and the habits might be, this is Atanyuta, getting to know. The mind likes to intellectualize and explain everything, write a commentary about everything. Notice that, feel that. Recognize the busyness or particularity of that. Feeling that, knowing that. Let the heart incline towards wordlessness, towards mystery, towards wonderment, rather than explanation. It's up to each of us to explore this character, this conditioning. Every one of us is different. Our shoe size, our eye color, our height, our weight, genetic background, personal stories. Everyone is different. You can't generalize. So to get to know this character, this personality, what creates more confusion and alienation, struggle and difficulty, what creates greater clarity, Ease, peacefulness, attunement. So it takes a certain measure of exploring, investigation. What's going on here? How is this? What does this come from? Where does this lead to? So then the direction of the practice is guided by mindfulness and wisdom, but it's crafted particularly to this character, this being, this set of conditioning, this mind, this heart, this body. No one else can really tell you. Each of us needs to do that exploration. Finding out from the inside, how is it? What really works here? What leads towards clarity? Simplicity, brightness, ease, what leads towards limitation, stress, alienation and insecurity. How does it work? Again, not to get lost in proliferation and thinking about it, just creating ideas about it, but like getting to know the terrain. If you go out for walks around the area of Amravati, getting to know where the paths go, finding your way back to the monastery, reading the landscape, getting to know where the paths are, where the gates are, 
where the muddy parts are, where the brambles are, getting to know the territory of this life, this body, this mind. Not through wishing to attach to it or identify with it, but to enable there to be a clear understanding, a skillful working with the conditions of this life as it is experienced, as it's appreciated. And then the measure of how things are working is, again, our own experience. No one else can tell you. Each being has to know for itself. Is this leading to benefit? Is this leading to peace? Is this leading to genuine freedom? Ease? Is this leading to more suffering and difficulty? What's the result? So there's a measure of responsibility, learning for ourselves. Teachers and guides and friends can help us, but essentially we each have to teach ourselves. We each have to learn through our own experience what brings benefit, what brings obstruction, what brings freedom, what brings further burden and limitation. And when that learning is from within, not just a, an idea or a, a piece of advice handed from outside, if it's learning from within, from personal direct experience, then it goes in in a deeper way. It's learnt in a much more complete, holistic way. The heart knows beyond any doubt, beyond any speculation. This is the way to go. This is the path. And then that path is what leads to peace, to ease, to freedom. And that too is experienced individually. It's not that we're told this is peace, this is freedom by an external authority, but the heart knows this is, this is what it's like. This is the experience of limitlessness. Ending of dukkha. Peace at last.